0: Welcome to the Informed Pregnancy and Parenting Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Elliot Berlin. Today, we're joined by an actress, comedian, writer, genuine tell-it-like-it-is big-hearted incubator growing her very first baby and ready to pop any time now. This is the before episode, before she has the baby, and it's going to be, I'm sure, an exciting two-part series. Gillian sure. welcome to the podcast.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I like that word incubator. You're an I've incubator. I've called an incubator no. before.
0: Well, it's, it's a positive term, part of the, your job description.
1: It feels very accurate.
0: I love hanging out with you. You're so interesting and refreshingly real. Thank you. Uh, and so I want to find out more about you and where you came from and what you do is also interesting to me. Okay. And more about this pregnancy and your plans for birth. So let's jump right in. Where are you from?
1: I'm from Ann Arbor, Michigan, so where the University of Michigan is. It's like a Big Ten college town, like very liberal, 45 minutes outside of Detroit.
0: Doesn't seem anything like you. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I know. I'm not a product of my, my – my parents were like big hippies, the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. Mm-hmm.
0: So is it like a party town?
1: No. Well, it's like it a bunch like... of liberal educated hippies. So mm. it's kind of like Berkeley, but maybe less patchouli. mm
0: yeah. I'm gonna have to go check this out for myself. It is it's
1: a beautiful town. It's not a bad place to grow up because it's big enough where you feel like you're it's not like you travel and you'll feel like, Oh, I'm from a small town. I've never <laughs> seen the big city before. But it's also small enough where it's very safe and you can pretty much go anywhere and be anywhere.
0: I feel like it's too late for me to grow up there. Probably. But
1: But you could just move all your kids there, except everyone in LA would have a heart attack if you left <laughs> like every I would have pregnant to commute. woman would. It would not go well.
0: Uh, when did you leave Ann Arbor?
1: I was ready to get out as much as I did enjoy growing up there. So, you know, I did the smart thing of like rebelling against my parents by not applying to good schools. So <laughs> I ended up at Wisconsin, which actually is a very good school and was at the time. It just in hindsight, I would say that probably the best kind of school for me would have been a small liberal arts school. And I ended up at these huge schools. In Madison? I went to Madison for a year, and then I transferred because I wanted to act, but it was, like, my secret, so I didn't tell anyone. So,
0: Oh, really? uh, Wait, wait, wait. Go back. When did you know you wanted to act?
1: From when I was young. I mean, I did it when I was younger, and then I did sports in high school.
0: You did acting, like, in— Young People's
1: Theater, yeah. Grade school? Yeah.
0: Wow. And you liked it? Yeah, I loved it. But you didn't tell people you liked it? No. (laughs) (laughs) And then which sport? Volleyball and softball. Oh, wow.
1: Yeah, the tall people sports. Tall. I was just thinking that <laughs> Is
0: it just me. Then, you're a tall incubator. People I, um, can't see you, but you're a tall incubator. I know.
1: no one's ever told me I look small before cuz I'm 5'10 and I'm sturdy. Yeah. And people keep telling me I look small right now for really? for being 37 38 weeks. But it's oh, just because your I'm, belly looks small. Yeah, my small. belly looks small. Yeah,
0: nobody's ever told me my belly looks small. Yeah, no so. one's ever told me that. It's yeah.
1: a really unique comment. Mm. But I think it's because I'm all torso and I'm so tall, so she just has a lot of room.
0: She has room in the womb.
1: Room in the womb.
0: I'm looking forward to it. I've been juicing for a little bit now. So Fully? Maybe, like every yeah.
1: day? That's it? You're, that's all you're having?
0: Yeah. Just juicy. How is that? I like it. It's, uh, really? Yeah, I wouldn't do it forever, but I mean, for a little while, it's nice to cleanse the system. I how, know. It's how long all, are you doing it for? I don't know. Right now, it feels great, so I'm just doing it. And you've never I don't cheated? even think about it. No, I don't cheat. Wow. I like that's it. It's impressive. Yeah, so maybe someday, like, somebody who hasn't seen me in a while will be like, wow, your belly's so small, and then yeah. I'll know how you feel.
1: Yeah, I think it's...
0: It's funny, if your belly's small now, what's going to happen when you push it out?
1: I mean, one can only help. <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right, so you don't tell people you like acting, you get into tall people's sports, and then you and then... go to college wanting to major in drama?
1: Yeah, at University of Wisconsin, which is a weird place to be for that, and... I was in a class where they had us either be a piece of paper towel, a Kleenex, um, tin oh. foil, or saran wrap, wow. and I was like,
0: "Wow, all recyclable!" <laughs> Is it all? I'm you can recycle. <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, if it's clean enough,
1: probably. If you're like a better person than me, recycle <laughs> saran wrap. But no, I just throw. Only it Only
0: if it's clean. You can't. I you got to clean. You got to wash it and then recycle. I
1: it. I do reuse plastic bags, much to my husband's chagrin. Who has a
0: choice anymore?
1: I know it's true. Yeah. So I transferred, I mean, after that class. I knew that I was in a ridiculous place, so I had to transfer. So
0: My kids freaked out because I brought home recycled toilet paper. Oh, God. (laughs) And they're like, oh, my God, that's so gross. I'm like, why? And they're like, well, who used it the first time? I'm like, that's not what it means.
1: But it's a valid question.
0: Yeah. Good call. <laughs> Sorry, I cut you off.
1: No, it's okay. So I just got bored. I mean, I didn't get bored. I just knew it was the wrong place. I knew I wasn't going to stay at Wisconsin. It was a great school also for anyone who wants their kids <laughs> to go there. It's actually a great school because it's fun, but it's everyone studies, and it was wonderful. When they're I, not ice fishing. When they're not ice fishing. Yeah. 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 I mean, and then as soon as it gets to be about 45 degrees out, it's summer. So everyone comes out in, in tank tops and <laughs> T-shirts.
0: You know, I lived in Nebraska for a year. Oh, and God. And when I got there, they said, you're from New York? I said, yes. And they said, oh, you're going to be disappointed because you're used to having four seasons. And I said, how many seasons do you have in Nebraska? And they said, oh, we only have two. And I said, what are they? And they said, we have winter and the 4th of July. And, then it's <laughs> and I was like, yep, that was pretty accurate. It's cold for a long part of the year.
1: That's tough. Yeah. Where'd you go? So I was going to go to New York or L.A. I was just like, where do they make entertainment? entertainment? And then I should have gone to New York, another poor decision. Ooh. And I ended up in Los Angeles because I was like, movies. And UCLA didn't accept sophomore transfers, so I ended up at USC. Oh, really? I wasn't the most thought out individual. Wow. So I went to theater school at USC.
0: Oh, not on the rowing team.
1: No. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe I just said that to get
0: it. <laughs> so maybe you're not even into theater. Yeah. You just said it because you wanted to get onto the rowing team. Correct. Hmm. Clever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you studied theater at USC. I
1: did. Yeah.
0: And all genres? Like, is it?
1: Yeah. You, if, if you wanted to get into the MFA program, you would have had to start over and add in another year. So I just did the BA. Mm-hmm. I mean, you read a lot of plays. It's okay. I don't know. Wisconsin was a better school. But you get to act? You get to act.
0: Wisconsin was a better school for theater? No, in no. general. Oh, I see. So
1: USC freaked me out. It was a big culture shock. I mean, I came from a very granola place where, like, there was no upkeep for women. It was just fleeces and Birkenstocks. And then USC was, like, there were girls with fake boobs and makeup. And it was a lot. It was very—it <laughs> was a culture shock, hmm. I will say.
0: Well, you seem to have survived
1: well, I had a girlfriend from Miami that literally dragged me. Oh, into she was like, like
0: a, your like, yeah, she transition was, doula. Yes, yeah, she was your college doula.
1: What was the guy from um, My Fair Lady? Oh. My Henry Iggins.
0: Oh, Henry Iggins. Henry Iggins. <laughs> yeah. But you got to act.
1: I did get to act. And then I also overlapped my senior year with um, a Meisner program, which really was it's not the best for acting at USC, I didn't think, but I always found my own way to do that on, on so its a own. So your
0: Meisner method? You are a little of I everything.
1: did it. A little of everything. But it was a life-changing thing at the time. I had an incredible teacher, and it was a great school. That's awesome. School. Yeah.
0: When did comedy happen?
1: Comedy sort of was – I was doing comedy in all my acting a lot of times, but I didn't start to do stand-up until really recently. Really? Yeah, really just about a year how ago. Did, how
0: did that come about?
1: It came about because I wasn't working that much, and it's a way to write and perform on your own. So oh. it's a way to take – some power back into a very powerless situation. I feel like.
0: Hmm. I mean, what's it like the first time you go do stand up? Because it's different than scripted. I mean.
1: Well, ironically, the first time I did it, I took a class because I thought, oh, I. You write. took
0: a stand up comedy a class. Clap. Yeah. To write and perform.
1: Yeah. I thought that was a good way into it, and they put you on a show. But I really took it because I wanted to learn the structure of a joke because I write.
0: Was it Flappers? No.
1: No, this one was at the Improv. Okay. Well, no, it was, it was um, a woman named Leslie teaches it, and I'm blanking on her last name. But anyway, so the final show is at the Improv. So I wanted to learn the structure of a joke for writing And it turns out she doesn't teach anything like that. She just teaches you to tell the truth initially. Oh. And it was terrifying and horrifying because I really was looking for something else. But it was actually the perfect way to do it because I think if I had learned something more structured in the beginning, that it would have been detrimental. Because this way, I had such a positive experience the first time I did stand-up. And, I mean, I expected no one to laugh, and it went really well. And so I was like, oh, interesting. And that was just from no structure Telling whatsoever. the truth. Right. And then I studied with a guy named Gary Katzman, who's like Jerry Katzman, who's the greatest, and he's so good. Mm-hmm. And I learned more about the structure of things. But because I'd had that initial experience first, it went – it was the right order. You
0: had both, yeah. Yeah. So I mean that's how I did it. We're gonna do a show together. Yes. But that's how I did it. I first tell jokes because I'm face blind and I can't tell people apart, so I'm always feeling awkward. And then I didn't even realize it as a kid. I just started trying to make people laugh, laugh, laugh. So because I can tell laughs apart. And then because, wait, you
1: can tell laughs apart. Yeah,
0: that's why I make goofy jokes all the time. Oh my god! That's so like amazing. when someone comes up to me in Trader Joe, this you know happened recently. I get a big, uncomfortably long hug from somebody who I don't even know that I've met before. And I'm, like, you know, looking for clues. I'm, like, sniffing for what she smells like and trying to look at her hair. And then I just have to make a joke. And then I'm, like, oh, my God. When she laughs, I'm, like, I was her doula. Oh,
1: my God. That's so We had a great,
0: incredible birth. Powerful. But I met her for the first time in her 30 weeks pregnant. And she gained... More than the average amount of weight. She gained like 60 pounds in her pregnancy. So now seeing her almost a year later, I had nothing to go by. I didn't have stature. I didn't have – I had nothing. She even changed her hair. I had literally nothing. That's amazing. And it wasn't – you know, it all made sense once I figured out who she was. But that's why I make jokes because it helps me. In the moment, I just crack a joke and hope she laughs and then I can narrow down who she is. So I've been telling jokes my whole life, which is why community organizations are like, hey, can you – Post, you know, MC, are things a little dry, you know? So I started MCing things. And as an MC, it's a really nice transition because, you know, your job is to keep the night running smoothly, Mm -hmm. not to make jokes. And if you add a few good punchlines in there, they're just so happy that you did, you ran the night smoothly and made them laugh a little bit. They're grateful and they go nuts for you. But if you're doing stand-up comedy and you have three jokes in 10 minutes, you're bombing yeah, you yeah, know? Yeah. so I had like a couple of years of intro and then I, when I put together our comedy show I was still just the host in a comedy club so I had to be a little more punchy about it but then I took a class. i only taken one class, literally one two-hour class. And he was all about the anatomy, uh, the science of creating and delivering jokes, the anatomy of a joke and a punchline and different types of setups and how to take your material and tell the truth, but to find the funny in there. And um, I was blown away that there's a, a science to stand-up comedy. Yeah, It's pretty cool.
1: And then you can make it your own, but it's nice to know the rules, or it's nice to understand it
0: more, yeah. The mechanics of how it works have yeah. a, a, a background. I can't wait to do a show with you.
1: Yeah, it'd be so fun.
0: I know it's unfortunate that you're having a great pregnancy because you know, <laughs> less to make fun of. But...
1: Oh, there's still plenty, <laughs> plenty to make fun
0: of. <laughs> great! All right, I want to find out more about this pregnancy when we come right back. Don't go anywhere. We're gonna be right back with Gillian. Schur. Welcome back to the Informed Pregnancy Podcast. We're talking to Incubator <laughs> Gillian Shure. Uh Let's talk about this pregnancy thing. So, first of all, where did you meet your partner?
1: It's such a horrible story. Awesome. I wish we had met somewhere romantic, like online. But I was working at a restaurant called Chibo, huh. and he came in. <laughs> this is like so- to eat. Yes, he came in to eat. So he had been coming in. Weirdly, I had been coming in for 10 years in the morning to write, and he had been coming in for 10 years in the evening because he'd he'd be on his way home from work. And I only worked there for like three months. I think I worked there to meet him. Oh, wow. I'm not kidding. Universe. It it was. And he came in one day, and it was dead, and I just talked to him for like three hours. And it was weird because I had intentionally not been dating because I was making other bad choices. For like six months. And Hmm. so when he came in, I wasn't weird and nervous like I normally am when I meet new people. And so I think that helped because I was just like myself. I wasn't like trying Mm -hmm. to be cool or flirt. (laughs) If
0: I'm like anybody in the audience, I'm definitely wondering about your other bad choices.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that is like a whole other podcast. Three episodes. Like a Joe rogan length podcast. Oh, wow.
0: All right. We'll let that go mysteriously.
1: <laughs> and then so he left and he didn't get my number. And also, I'd cocked up after on an, three hours. After three hours, he left. And I was like, I work Thursday, Friday. I was
0: like.
1: <laughs> and then he didn't come back the next week. He came back like two weeks later. And then it was really busy at the bar. And I was so mortified that he was going to ask for my number in front of all the regulars and like in front of everyone. I was like, I wanted to spare him that. So I wrote my phone number <gasps> down. And he says that he had already written his phone number down to give to me. Oh. He says that. Universe. He says. Uh-huh.
0: And he's very you, honest, are so you I like, believe him. Oh, okay, you're like fake news. I don't believe it. No, <laughs> I do
1: because he doesn't lie. But I did give it to him first. And I've never given my phone number to anyone that where I worked. So Wow. Bartending. So, yeah. You were bartending.
0: Yeah, waitressing. Ish. It was
1: at the bar, yeah.
0: Waitressing yeah. at the bar.
1: Well, they have like a big bar where people can eat dinner and
0: stuff. You don't so, want yeah. to talk about the bad choices at all?
1: I mean, really, it would have to be a separate podcast. All right, it's we'll like... have
0: you back. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast. We're the bad choices episode. That's right. <laughs>
1: I could fill a whole one.
0: I mean, I just thought Madison and USC were the bad choices, but
1: those were like bad choices light. These were like oh, heavy mental. bad choices. <laughs> oh.
0: Yeah, yeah, we're definitely doing an extra podcast. <laughs> so then you guys uh, got together and you yeah, and that... you stopped working at the restaurant. I
1: will say to all the women out there. Like, I would always think that you'd have to go get progressively better at relationships before you get a great one, you yeah. know? Like, it was like a stepping stone, but it's not true. How so? I went, bad relationship, bad, okay, pretty good, not great. And then it was like, this one, he's amazing.
0: Oh, wow, it's like the stock market.
1: Yeah, so it doesn't have to be a linear there's, progression no, from no better to, to great, oh, yeah. or from bad to great. It can be like,
0: up, down, up, up down. down, perfect.
1: Up, down. Amazing wow I have a unicorn yeah I'm very very lucky
0: wow that's so nice I think you deserve it I think you're, thank you I really your energy is amazing and I don't care what choices you made I, <laughs> all I know is the you now thank I only you. met you a year ago but I think universe was right in its choice to give you amazing thank you and also to give him amazing
1: he says that so I agree yeah
0: I, so then how long before you made it official
1: well we Pretty much we're together right away. I mean, we froze my eggs like four months into our relationship.
0: You froze your eggs four months in? <laughs> yeah.
1: Because I was like, I was 35 at the time, and I said, hey, I'm going to do this. And he th- said, yes, absolutely, we should do this.
0: Hmm. But and he doesn't really have to do anything.
1: Well, he contributed to it. I mean, he was definitely a part of it. He was my partner in it as much as anything else.
0: I hear you. No, we didn't do, we didn't do
1: embryos, though. Right. We just, he just no, froze we didn't do anything. But. Just eggs.
0: Yeah. I accidentally froze eggs one time. My wife was really upset.
1: <laughs> you were trying to make <laughs> them <separation>. hard. <laughs> yeah. hard.
0: No, I just put them in the <laughs> freezer. Uh, it's a long story, but we got a new fridge and freezer in there. Each one is a separate unit. This is the fridge and that's the freezer. And I just assumed the one on that side would be the fridge and that one would be the freezer. So we got a delivery from Instacart, not a sponsor as far as I know, and uh, put the eggs in the wrong one. So I froze eggs and she was upset. But you froze eggs and he was happy.
1: And he was happy, yeah. So look at that. But ultimately, we didn't stay with that doctor. I won't say the name of the doctor, but I will say that one thing to look for if you have to choose IVF— I would say one of the most important things isn't just the skill of the doctor, which is obviously important, but it's the competency of the office that they Mm. work in because there's so much unknown and there's so much insecurity and, you know, fear and taking all these hormones. And I would go into that office and they'd say, you know, what are you doing today? And I would say…
0: You don't know. <laughs> you should
1: be telling me that. Right. I don't know what I'm doing. Like I've never done this before. So That's weird. It was very frustrating. That's like going. I, in, I mean, literally,
0: like going in for surgery and the, just before they knock you out, what were we going to do again? A hundred percent. No thanks.
1: So we felt very uncomfortable there. Oh. And and they, you know, they got nine eggs and they're frozen there still. So you oh. know, maybe if we need them for a second, if yeah. you know, or embryo, whatever. But. The office that we ended up with with Dr. Chang is amazing, and the office was so responsive and so good that I, it really was a night and day experience
0: for So uh, when you decide you're ready to have a kid, what's the process?
1: Well, we tried for like six months, and now by this time I'm 39.
0: You tried without the naturally. frozen eggs? Yeah.
1: Yeah. We just kind of wanted to just do it.
0: Like when you say, how trying was your trying? Were you like looking at your ovulation. We were
1: the... and for us it was just horrible. It makes sex and everything that is wonderful and beautiful about sex, it felt like it took that away from us. Mm-hmm. Trying to make it on a schedule and and make it an obligation and I didn't feel good. He didn't feel good. And I know some people are really good at this and they've made it this wonderful magical experience but you know at like that a, time a Google
0: Calendar reminder. Yeah. was so hot. <laughs> or they're
1: good or they're younger now. and they have more time but my husband works a lot so it was it was just very hard. People don't really talk about that how hard cuz everyone just goes, "Oh, just you get to have sex all the time." But it's not like that. I love having sex. It's with my not love husband. making. It's not love making and it's, it's not more, even like
0: It's more mechanical like uh
1: yeah, it's got this weird obligatory end to, uh, you know, timing to it. And also because of the timing of my age, we were just like, we could try for a year, a year and a half, then I'll be 40, and then we'll just be getting started. And also, I find the hardest part of trying to get pregnancy in that sort of journey for me is the limbo of it, like the waiting and the the direction of your life, especially for me, because I wasn't. I think if you have like a really successful career, it's different because you're on this path and you're working it, and then you're going to have to find a way around it when you're actually deeper into pregnancy and, and with a newborn, but you'll be able to get back into it more quickly. But for me, I, I didn't have that set of a career and it felt difficult to begin something with my full force behind it because I knew of what was coming up, hopefully. right. But then you're waiting and you're waiting. It's a tough time. It's very tough. And you're changing your diet and you're not, it's just I found the limbo really difficult, and then we found an amazing doctor, Doctor Wendy Chang, and we felt really comfortable with her. It was a night and day experience, and we just wanted to get it over with. <laughs> we'll get it over with. Sounds bad, but <laughs> get it started. Yeah,
0: that's right. And that's also, right
1: I will say, even the choice to have kids was weird because neither of us had been sure. Neither of us had thought we'd get married, and we love being married, and and neither of us really thought about having kids so definitively. Like, you know, I wasn't that woman that was imagining what my kids' names are going to be or what it was going to be like to be a mother ever, ever, not once. So really you start to make these decisions based on sort of a fear of regret almost. Like, Mm -hmm. when I'm older, am I going to want to have kids around me to take you know? care of me
0: <laughs> no to, <laughs> like
1: to hang out with at uh, Thanksgiving and you know when yeah. we're 60 or like
0: oh well, it does make the holidays different
1: yeah you have to start thinking like am I gonna regret not having them versus do I really want them because we're happy together and we just got to spend all this time together and and ultimately, we decided we would. And we're so happy about it now. But
0: oh, so after six months of trying, you moved your eggs to a different doctor? No, or she doesn't
1: I? even accept. Um, oh, you had to start from scratch. We had to start from scratch. Oh, wow. Which was better anyway for us because we wanted to do embryos this time. Oh, yeah. We okay. didn't want to do ICSI.
0: Intracytoplasmic plasmic sperm injection? Yeah. Hmm. I couldn't even tell you. Go (laughs) me. Nice job. This is where you take an egg and a sperm and you literally inject the sperm into the egg and say you're a pair.
1: So our goal for IVF was to make it as close to natural selection as possible. Okay. And so for us that meant when we got the eggs and the sperm, even though we didn't have that many eggs, instead of doing ICSI, which is the thing you just explained, which I couldn't. You get more of them because they take a sperm and individually inject it. It has a slightly higher chance of bad things, like slightly. But we also like the idea of just putting all the sperm together and seeing which one Let won. Them yeah, letting them all together and see
0: who pairs up, who, yeah. who gives each other their phone number on a napkin. That's right. Mm-hmm.
1: So, so to speak. we did it the first round, and we got one, and it was a girl, and we'd always wanted a boy first. And then she said— you know, if you want a second child, you should probably do a second round now because you won't want to do a second round of retrievals after you have a baby. Mm. And we thought that was a good idea, so we did. And so then we have three embryos from that one.
0: Four total, including a girl. Including a boy. A boy. But
1: then we also feel like she got there first, (laughs) so she gets to come first regardless. And then a week before we were doing the transfer, so when they were going to put her in, they said, Oh, we don't think you should use this embryo because it's an unconfirmed fertilization. Mm. Now, I guess eggs, and this is kind of awesome, can fertilize themselves. They're not embryos, they're not really viable, but it looks like they are. Uh-huh. And so then it was a very difficult decision Choice. because yeah. we were very attached to this embryo. I know that sounds crazy, but no, you, you I, do get I, yeah. attached to it. And we felt like she had survived and she had been the first one and she made it out of this. Cool. And, and then they were telling us that it's not safe and for me it was daunting because while I did pretty well with the shots and it is a lot of hormones and I can take it I can like you know deal with stuff but the progesterone shots are intense mm. the needles are very it's long it's a big needle it's a and big it's needle. a thick oily it's a thick oily thing so yeah. the idea of going through this whole process oh,
0: and then not, getting and, an
1: not and not even having it something be viable cuz they just don't know was really frustrating.
0: Well, now we want to know what happened, but it's a perfect cliffhanger to take a break. <laughs> Don't go anywhere. We're going to be right back. <laughs> Welcome back to the Informed Pregnancy podcast. We're talking to Gillian Schur and Cliffhanger. So, You make all these eggs, you take these eggs, you freeze them, but you don't love the process in that office because they don't know what you're there for. And then you try naturally for six months, get frustrated with that process, and find another doctor who you like a lot. One round of IVF with no forcing the egg and the sperm together leads to one embryo, one girl embryo, and then a second round, three more embryos, and you were going to use the girl but not use the girl, but then use the girl. What happened in the end?
1: Has an amazing recap. First of all, just Thank want to you. give you some kudos there. <laughs> um, and my husband was way more confident about this embryo, but he also doesn't have to do the shots. shots. So I, <laughs> At least I he have after receiving them, in, <laughs> right? I, no, I did them on. Them. Oh,
0: you did it to yourself. Yeah, I did it to myself. <gasps> the, the progesterone, everything in yeah. your bum. Yeah. Oh my God, you're a beast.
1: Yeah. So. There was a moment when I was like, I don't feel like you are appreciating the extent of how, because I am tough. And so I think he almost took for granted that tough. He didn't really, but that's how I felt. And I sort of just needed him to understand how really challenging. And you're on hormones for a long time. So just think then, like, for this whole time, for six months, you're on hormones. Your body's already... Gained weight, so that it was very daunting. But I ultimately felt like I was too attached to her and that I would always wonder about this baby. And we were so lucky. It was a perfect embryo. I've had a very easy pregnancy, and that's who we'll get to meet in a couple weeks.
0: Hmm. What's made it easy?
1: Well, I just didn't have a majority of the symptoms that people talk about. I didn't get any nausea, really. I didn't have constipation. I didn't have... Really crazy mood swings. I mean, only recently in the past week or two, be, just because I think it's towards the end, I've had trouble sleeping and normal like so pregnancy aids. And, and the swelling Yes, <laughs> is genuinely appalling. <laughs> I, I just, mean, They
0: can't see this at home, but your finger <laughs> came out like the swelling.
1: Because it happens like in a day. I'm like, oh, oh this is fine. Yeah. I'm totally normal. And then you look down and it's for real cankles. I mean, absolutely no ankle left, calf to ankle, it is gone.
0: <laughs> There's no room for it's the calf fluid to anymore. Foot. You have so much fluid.
1: It's insane.
0: How many weeks are you now?
1: I'm going to be 38 on Monday, so 37. Holy
0: cow, you're in the zone.
1: I'm in the zone.
0: Like 37 is like early term already.
1: Yeah, and I'm only freaking out like a lot.
0: You are freaking out mm-hmm. a lot? Well, let's talk about the birth. What did you have in mind?
1: Well, we have an amazing dua, Nina Flynn. Mm-hmm. How do you pronounce her
0: last name? We have a whole Fina. episode with Nina.
1: She's amazing.
0: It is like Miss USA home birth. Ugh. And she was the doula and I was there doing body work and it was such a cool birth. Even to just be a fly on the wall, even if I had no role there, would have been amazing. And they came and talked about it. Nina, uh, former Miss Canada.
1: She is stunning. She really is. Inside and out, though. And she makes you feel so comfortable. And she really involves my husband, which has been incredible. Really shown him what to do and and make him feel, you know, involved in it. So hopefully, you know, it's going to be really easy. Just like two pumps out, painless. Okay,
0: I'm writing this down. Oh, I don't have to. We're recording. Okay, (laughs) so in a hospital.
1: We're doing it at Cedars. And she really helps you make it with Dr. Finky.
0: Oh, great. You have like a great team around you.
1: I think so. Yeah. They've been great so far, and she really has shown us how to make it as less hospital-like as possible, even with lighting and bringing in battery candles. And do
0: you have a hospital thing, like a, an aversion to hospitals, or?
1: Like I said, I had never considered pregnancy before, so I never right. really. I was always really bored when people started talking about births, <laughs>
0: and yeah. now I'm
1: like, tell me about your episiotomy.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, so you just realize what. And I don't mean to sound alarmist, but it is like the patriarchy in a terrible way. But the way you learn about it is – or what I've understood is that – You know, we're mammals and mammals like to give birth in private, safe places, and nothing about a hospital feels like that on its own. Private, safe. It's bright. People are coming in out of the town. I mean, think about what they used to do to women. They used to strap them down in bright lights. Like they just.
0: No partners are allowed with you, no doula allowed with you. Like it's changed a lot.
1: It's changed a lot. And we're in a very liberal town and we're in a very progressive hospital, but still, you have to be very clear about your birth plan. You have to be very clear about what you don't don't have to do.
0: Like what you were saying before is on an animalistic level, if you were just like out and about looking, listening to the little inner voice, where should I give birth? It would be pretty much everything that is not hospital. Exactly. So that's what you're trying to create a little bubble around you within the hospital, so Correct. you have that medical safety blanket, but you also have your own little environment that feels more like what your Correct. what your animalistic insides are looking for.
1: Correct. I'm trying to mitigate the fluorescence of
0: it. I, oh, that's a perfect way to put it. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Yeah. Yeah, and then so you would like to give birth. I, take I, wanna,
1: it. I, want, I mean, I'm going for the natural vag for birth.
0: Natural vag. So natural is a funny term. Does that mean unmedicated? unmedicated. Does that mean Okay. That's yeah. the road that you're steering Correct. towards. Okay. Yeah. I mean, are are you – like not that many people do that um, percentage-wise. So what's your motivation for it?
1: Well, I'm confident that nature will take over and I will love this baby enough. But I don't want to interfere in any of the hormones that – lead to bonding, and Pitocin can do that, and those drugs can interfere with the bonding. From what I've learned, um, I just want to be as present and open to the natural human bonding as
0: possible. I do you think you're half-joking, say I think it'll just be like two pushes and the baby will be out, but is that part joke or is that?
1: <laughs> no, I'm not naive. I know it's going to be whatever it is. And listen, however anyone births their baby that comes out with a healthy baby, God bless them. Yeah. That's- the right way that that baby needs to come out. I have no judgments or anything. I'm just telling you what I'm going for.
0: No, no. Yeah. But I'm I'm trying to figure out in your mind when you think about it, what do you realistically think the process might be like?
1: I think it's going to be long and – and um, well, I don't know how long it's going to be. I, I don't know. I've never given birth before. Who knows? I mean, I've watched birth You've videos. You've done a little homework, yeah. I've done my homework. We did the hypnobirthing class. So you watch a lot of videos.
0: How are you with intensity, different kinds of intensity?
1: I think you can do anything for a minute, and I think a lot of it's breathing. And I think a lot of the semantics of it really help when you change it. Like, for instance, they say contractions, and contractions is, like, the worst word you can possibly use. Right. Because
0: not calming at all.
1: It's well, it's also tightening and small and constricted, which is the opposite of what the muscle movement is actually trying to do, which is to open your cervix, am I correct?
0: Yes, but it's opening your cervix by pushing your baby down against it. So, I mean, it's not an inaccurate word of what's happening to the womb. The uterus muscle is contracting like any other muscle would and creating a tension but it's that tension that's pushing down to create an opening at your cervix but it's just a harsh word it's
1: a harsh word and just for me like they they give you all these other words that i have taken to like wave or surge or rush and for me those words are more fluid and and i'm kinesthetic too so i'm very tactile so like for me that makes more sense like
0: yeah um, and and it is a wave it's not again it's still an accurate word it's just a different imagery that comes along with it And I think from watching and, you know, hopefully helping a whole bunch of people give birth, it looks like when you do feel relaxed and safe more Mm -hmm. than anything, that's what I just observed, safe, then you tend to just not worry as much about the intensity that's happening inside you. And no matter how big it gets, one of the most intense births I was ever at it just looked like lightning running through her body for a minute at a time, every four minutes, three minutes. And she looked like a lightning rod, just letting it run through with no fear, like knowing that this is big, this is intense, this is a lot of feeling. And just not caring about it that much, breathing through it and surrendering to that big energy, that big power going through her. And it was kind of incredible to watch. But the thing was, she felt so safe. She surrounded herself with people that made her feel safe. She wore clothing that made her feel empowered. And she just had this intuitive sense, like, this is going to be bigger than anything I've ever done. But I'm okay with that. And it was very productive. You know, it just—every surge was just productive On the other side of that coin is somebody who, even if they're not very big surges, is really afraid, doesn't feel safe. Then you fight. Your body fights. That's what it's programmed to do right. so this intensity starts to build up and you're pushing away from it and trying to you know make it not happen make it stop even the language that comes out of you then becomes like no 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 here comes another one That that's you're telling your body no 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 we don't mm-hmm. want this this is bad fight this get rid of this and then it becomes really intense as you fight yourself you fight that lightning coming through you and don't let it progress and so I think that's the thing for what can make you feel safe is makes all the difference and a little bit of luck you know sometimes things just go askew and you can't control it to the extent that you could control it a little bit of luck would be
1: I loved how you just described that woman and that would be like how you just described that woman that would be my birth plan and that's what I want
0: I absolutely see you there thank you I see you there, again, with that tiny bit of luck. But I, I was yeah.
1: like, a couple weeks ago, I was like, oh, yeah, I'm not scared about birth. Well, I'm fine. And now I'm like, a little scared about birth.
0: I think you'll be excited when it starts, you know? I think yeah. you will be. From what I know of you, I think, like, when it starts, you're not going to instantly feel fear. I think you'll feel excited. Like
1: No, I think the unknown of all of it is is probably scarier than the actual.
0: Yeah, but it seems like going on a roller coaster for the first time. Like, you don't know mm. this one. <laughs> yeah. And you don't have that much control over it. And it's just, if you surrender to it, you'll have a great ride. If you're terrified, you'll have a horrible ride. And you throw up. And You probably is, throw up anyway.
1: There is definitely the sensation of when you look down at your belly and you think about the size of your vagina. Mm. It's
0: I've it's never had daunting. That, that exact sensation. But <laughs> yeah, I can, I can, I can, I can I hear where you're coming from. <laughs> yeah, you <know>, it's like. <laughs> <laughs> right. How does that come through that? Uh, <laughs> it works. It's designed to. Yeah. Are you planning to labor at home for a while? Go straight to the we're hospital?
1: labor at home as soon as possible. We don't live too far from Cedars. And Nina will come over while we're doing that. And when she says so, we go to the hospital.
0: Do you have any specific comfort measures in mind? What do you mean? Like uh, things that will help you feel more safe and relaxed. Besides, you know, like are you going to listen to guided imagery or certain types of music? Are you going to have, I don't know, some people bring essential oils or...
1: Yes, she brings oils. Definitely changing the lighting with these battery-operated candles. Ooh. Um, Color or
0: just tea light flickers? I think just. That's blatant. good. Are you a tub um, person or your bath? Yes, a hopefully. Person?
1: So they they have tubs at Cedars.
0: In some of the rooms.
1: In some of the rooms. So we're gonna vision board that. All right. Yeah. <laughs> vision board the tub and the wireless monitor.
0: Oh yeah, they have that too. It's yeah. like a little Bluetooth situation now. It's like really high tech.
1: Yeah, where you don't have to be. And
0: it's water-resistant, so you can kind of get in the shower and tub with it. That
1: would be great.
0: They have these. Uh, it's not too late. Maybe I'll give you one. I don't know when I see you next. But, um, next week. Okay. If you haven't popped already, I'm going to bring you a little gift. It's this little flower-shaped light that when it gets wet, it glows different colors. Oh, cool. And uh, it's great for floating around the tub at Cedars because the, the only light in there is that big fluorescent right. light. Right. And there's no outlets or anything. Can't plug anything oh, in, there, wow. in the bathroom. Right. So if you shut it off, it's like totally dark. And if you leave it on, it's glaringly bright. So there's little glow lights. Oh, are... that would be nice. Well, Thank be you. your friend. Thank you. You're welcome.
1: Uh, yeah. And my husband is one to be reckoned with. So, if, <laughs> so I'll feel safe with him. You know.
0: Are any of them hands-on, or because you said you're tactile? So,
1: uh, yeah. So Nina's taught us th- ways to work together in that way, and to lean on him, and to use him, and we've also practiced some hypnobirthing stuff, which we'll see together. if I'm able to. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: Well, look, it's it's a journey. There are stages, so yeah. I, I feel like for most people, it's helpful at some stage. Yeah. Maybe not the whole time.
1: Right. So, other than you know being at home or a birthing center, I think we're just going to do the best we can. There is a part of me that really wants to do a home birth, but that ship has sailed.
0: So. You can do home labor, yeah, so we'll do that all right, well, I'm excited for you, thank you. I've been on with you on this journey from yeah like day from before
1: one. well even uh, I went to you four times before I did the transfer, even. yeah
0: so I'm saying from yeah. like before the, I know you longer than this kid does.
1: that's right. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm very excited for you. I thank do you. have this question though. my last question for you okay. will be this. I love the birth vision that you have and where you're steering the the path. But if things come up and you end up either wanting or needing to have some of the interventions, do you have space for that in your plan?
1: I do. I mean, the ultimate goal is to have a healthy baby. So I'm not going to put my will in front of that. Mm. You know, I feel safe in having between Nina and Dr. Finky, So Dr. Finke's really great with working with doulas, and so I don't think we'll be doing any preemptive interventions, but if it's needed, of course. Right. I don't
0: foresee you having unnecessary interventions pushed upon you. Right. But sometimes you get there and you're just like, oh, this is not what I thought I was. I'd like a little help. Yeah,
1: I think, you know, it'll be disappointing, and I'll deal with that, but I think probably if I have a healthy kid in my hand, I probably won't be lamenting my loss. And I'll probably be really happy because I will be on drugs, which is <laughs> also great.
0: Uh, win win. Win win. Well, thanks so much for coming in and sharing Gail with us.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Is there some place we can find you online?
1: Uh, I'm just Gillian Sure on Instagram, and although I'm a terrible user of it, okay. Oh, so um,
0: I look forward to your post once a quarter. Yeah, <laughs> that's right and I'll be blasting the heck out of our stand-up comedy show whenever it comes I know. I can't wait to do it. I know, but now you're going to have the kid, and then you're going to- Yeah, but
1: it'll give me a good thing. Going to the
0: cave for a little bit, then you'll have to write a little material, and then we'll be good to go.
1: Yeah.
0: All right. Thank Uh, you. You're welcome. Thanks for being here and at home. Thanks for listening to us. Do me a favor. If you like our podcast, go into your app and quickly give us a rating and a review. It'll take you about a minute, but it'll help us reach even more people. You can also send us feedback anytime to info at informedpregnancy.com
1: Doctor Doctor gimme the news I got a whole lot of questions for you this kid's gonna test my (laughs) you <laughs>